Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We're going to start a new podcast series today. We've been doing this podcast called Shields Up, where we seek to combat the devil and his schemes. But I recently asked our church people if they would like to send me topics to discuss in the podcast, then we could do that for several weeks. And so that's where we're actually going to start today, because I had one person at least send me a topic and said, uh, would you please discuss this on your next podcast? And she requested that I speak about the topic of pride. And as soon as I heard that, I, I sort of went, oh no, because pride is so broad and big and encompassing. Uh, but at the same time, I was a little excited because I know that pride is one of those things that affects all of us. It's sort of the root of every single sin. And so my mind emet- immediately began to spin about how I would direct this topic of pride. But as you do with most things that you want to you know, figure out, if you've ever tried to research something, you have to start with the history of it, the, the genesis, if you will, of pride. And so that's where I want to begin with our podcast Today is we want to talk about pride, but I want to start with the beginning of pride or what seems to be the beginning of pride. If I would have asked you the question, where did pride begin or who is the author of pride? I don't think it would take you long before you thought of the devil. Because when we think about sin, when we think about the author of sin or the the person that it originated with, you immediately go to the devil because it seems from all indicators in scripture that sin didn't exist until the devil fell. Now, we don't know that exactly. I don't know if he was the first angel to sin or to fall, but it does seem like from the indicators that he either was the first or he was the highest, most prominent angel that fell, that it was so significant that he fell, that uh, he became the devil. God cast him so far away from him that the fall was enormous, and we have what we have here. We have the, the ruler of all evil and his name is Satan. But before his name was Satan, his name was Lucifer. And I think you guys all know that, but he was an angel. He was an angel. He was a beautiful, beautiful creature that was made by God to do God's will and God's bidding. And he was a beautiful creature. And he had a really, really important purpose. And it does seem like from the indicators that he was he was one of the top angels, if you will. Uh, God had called him and set him apart to be a, a special kind of angel. And not a lot of details are given to us about that, but but it does seem that when Satan fell, he fell really hard. Um, and the sin that caused him to fall, again, by all indications, was pride. That Lucifer was a beautiful angel. He had a really important purpose, but that wasn't enough for him to be content. Lucifer wanted more. Lucifer wanted to be treated better. Lucifer wanted more glory. And then we have this thing called pride. And I'm sure it began in Lucifer's heart as pride begins in all of our hearts. I don't think you just in a moment decide to make a really bad choice without any thought process before that. So I'm guessing for a while, Lucifer had this dilemma in his heart because he was God's special angel. He was had a beautiful purpose. He was a beautiful creature. And at the same time, he wished he had more. He saw the glory that God was getting, the praise and the adoration that God was getting, and he wanted more. He wanted to be treated like God. And this is what's so interesting about pride, and this sort of is going to make its way into everything we talk about today, that you have to understand Lucifer, he wanted to go up. He didn't want to go down. He didn't want to fall. He wanted to do the opposite. He wanted to usurp God, or at least be equal with God. He wanted to go up. He wanted to receive better treatment, more praise, more adoration, more glory. But by doing so, an ironic thing actually happened. Satan fell. 
or Lucifer fell. And God actually cast him away from his role in heaven, his role in God's kingdom. He lost all his authority. He lost all his position. He lost all his beauty. By seeking to go up, God actually cast him down. And that's what's so interesting about pride. Pride is presented to us now from the devil, interestingly enough, as something good. If you watch sports and athletics and even you know Hollywood enough, you'll see people talking about pride in a good in a good way. Um, it's good to have pride. It's good to be prideful and, and, and to a degree. They like humility too to some aspect, but they think pride is a good thing. And I don't think it's that hard to imagine because when we are presented with pride, it seems like a good thing. Like, of course, everyone wants to achieve more. Everyone wants to go higher and greater and receive more recognition and more glory. The problem is, is when you read the Bible, Jesus is always commanding us to go the other direction. He's always commanding us to go lower. And that's what I think is is really going to help us figure out today how evil this pride thing is because I think from birth, we all want to be treated better. We all want to get to greater success and a better position in our lives so that people will applaud us and recognize us and tell us how great we are. But when you look at Jesus Christ, you know, obviously the antithesis of Lucifer, Jesus Christ himself even did the opposite of Lucifer. Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He didn't seek to go higher. There was nothing higher than that. He is the Son of God. But Jesus, when he came to do the will of God, which is the most important thing to remember here, this is all about the will of God. It's not about us. It's not about our position. It's not about our glory. It's all about God. Everything makes sense when we think that way. And Jesus thought that way. And because Jesus thought that way, you know what it required of Jesus? It required that Jesus went low. He went so low that he was going to go from the Son of God to man his own creation. And not only was he going to be man, he was going to be the servant of man and then the representation and sacrifice for man. He was going to die on a cross. His own people, his own men, were actually going to crucify him. So we have these opposite characters. We have Satan seeking to go up and we have Jesus seeking to go down. But now if you look at things, it's, it's flip-flopped. You look at where Satan is, Satan is down as low as you can go, or who he's going to go as low as you can go. And, and, and Jesus is as high as you can go. Jesus is exalted, it says in Philippians, to the highest position. He has the name that is above every name. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Lamb of God. And he's going to receive all praise and adoration for the rest of eternity. Versus the devil. The devil sought to go high, and he is going to be cast into the lake of fire someday. For all of eternity, he's not going to receive any glory, any praise, any rights, any beauty, any real purpose, except fire tender. And that's where we have to think about when we talk about pride. We have to consider, is it a good thing? Because if pride is a good thing, then, then it's, it's a good thing that we strive after it. But it's not a good thing. Pride is not a good thing. We are told from position, from uh, scripture, excuse me, in passages like this where it says in Matthew 23, listen to what it says. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus is already trying to tell us that it's kind of the opposite of what you think. By seeking to go high, you're actually going to find yourself low. And by seeking to go low, 
you're one day going to find yourself in a lofty position. Because our minds are broken. And Satan, while he was Lucifer and while he was serving the purposes of God, was exactly where God wanted him to be. He was doing God's will. He was serving his own purpose. And everything made sense. But when Lucifer started to long for something greater, something more than what God had given him, he began to be prideful. And as soon as he was prideful and he sought for those better things, he actually found himself falling. And now what we have is he's the, he's the leader of all evil. He's the ruler of darkness. And now what he's seeking to do is basically take us down with him. And he's going to use the exact same vehicle. Isn't that interesting? Satan's going to use the exact same vehicle to take us down, which took him down. Pride. He is going to embed so many thoughts in our minds that you and I should go higher. We should be treated better. People should applaud us. We should get more things that make us happy. Because by doing so, that's a better place to be. You'll be exalted. You'll be high. High is good. And maybe you'll even be treated like God. I mean, ideally, right? God is the one receiving all the glory. Wouldn't it be great if we got similar glory? And the devil is embedding these thoughts into our mind because he knows that if we too think like he thought, we are going to be cast away as well. Because whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. If you and I seek to exalt ourselves, we're going to find ourselves low. Listen to what it says in Matthew 16, verses 25 and 26. Listen to this phrasing. Jesus says, For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Do you see that there? It seems like, oh, you go up. Get your life. Save your life. Increase the quality of your life and everything will get better. And Jesus says it's the opposite. Humble yourself before God. Throw your life into his hands and you will find yourself truly going up in the good way, in the proper way, in the eternal way. And so I hit my mind spinning a little bit and I don't know if I'm making a ton of sense with this today, but it had me thinking about this. Here's the way pride begins with a lot of us. It's very simple, but very profound. We take what we've been given from God, which we have been given everything. Everything that we have is a gift from God and we put my in front of it or mine and as soon as we do that as soon as we put my or mine in front of things that god has given to us for his purposes everything becomes prideful and funky and i'll give you an example this is my life my life i have this life to do with it what i please i'm gonna seek after the things that make me happy well that's not what the bible puts forward it's not your life your life is given to you by God. Your heartbeat, your oxygen, your very body is all a gift. It's all a gift from God. And so as soon as you put my or mine next to your life, it becomes pride. And you start to see things opposite of what they should be. Because according to Matthew you know, 16 here, whoever loses his life for Christ's sake will find it. If you actually place your life, which in some degree it is yours, You've been put as manager over your life, but that doesn't mean it's yours. I mean, if you look at any manager of a company, unless they're actually the owner, uh, they don't own the company. They just manage the company. 
So they need to manage the company as the owner desires them to manage it. And if they don't manage it according to the way that the owner wants them to, they'll lose their position. That's kind of what we're dealing with here. It is, in a way, ours in a way that we direct it, in a way that we operate it, but it's not ours in the sense of entitlement. This life that I've been given, this life that you've been given, does not belong to me. It does not belong to you. It belongs to God. In fact, God created us with a purpose. So he made us manager. You are manager of this body. But I want you to do with it as I've taught you to do. I want you to live for the reasons I've told you to live for. And the thing about it is, manager of your body, if you do that, you're going to be exalted. You're going to be brought up to the kingdom of God. You're going to find an inheritance and glory one day. But if you don't, if you mismanage what I've given you and you make it all about me, you're going to find the opposite. You're going to find that you actually forfeit your life. Because what profit will it be if a man gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? It will be no profit at all. If you had all the toys and all the glory and all the happiness on earth, but as soon as earth goes away, you have nothing for the rest of eternity, what was the point? So that's that's where we kind of have to start my life. Here's another one that we often think about is my money. My money. I worked for it. I earned it. I get to say how I use this money. And again, in a sense, that is true. It is money that has been put into your possession. But the money is actually God's to do with it as God desires because God gave you the body to work. He gave you the mind. He gave you the talents. He gave you the discipline. He woke you up in the morning to give you breath and a heartbeat. And so everything you and I are capable of doing on this earth all returns back to God. But if you would look and go, yeah, I mean, this is a logical train to follow. Since I did the work and I earned the money, I get to choose to do with the money however I please. But again, you're a manager. You're a manager of your money and so am I. We are to manage our money as God has given it to us to use for his purposes. And if we mismanage that money, and there are several passages that talk about this, God will actually come and and take us away from it. Take it out of our hands and say you're mismanaging what I've given you. You're no longer going to be the manager. Another one is car and home, really any possession you want to put in there. As soon as we put mine on top of it and we start using it for our own selfish gain, it's pride. It's pride because you look at this passage from 1 John 2. I want you to listen to what it says in verse 15. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, listen to this, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And even there you find it. By putting my and mine in front of your possessions, it's pride. It just is. There's no way around it. You now have pride in the things that you own, the things that you have in your life that you think you've earned and attained, and you can do with them however you want. And John and Jesus are saying to us, no, that's not true. Because those things are going to pass from you. You're just a manager for a time. As soon as the owner comes back, he's going to take those things from you, and he's only going to check with how you manage them. He's not, you're not actually going to keep the stuff that you had in your possession for all of eternity. 
when God comes back, he's going to take your soul, he's going to take your money, he's going to take your car and your home, and then he's going to say to you, how did you manage it? How did you manage what I put into your possession? And if you managed it well, I'm going to consider you worthy of the kingdom of God. And if you managed it poorly, then I don't think you're worthy. I don't think it's, I think, I don't think you're worthy to put the kingdom of God into your possession either, because you'll do similar to what Lucifer did. You'll put mine in front of it, my kingdom of God, and you will serve it for your purposes. And God doesn't want that. He doesn't want that mess again. He's going to keep all kind of pride out of heaven for the rest of eternity. So if, if we put mine and my in front of our possessions, that, that's an indicator, an indicator that we are messed up in our perspective. Here's another one that happens all the time in our society, my body. It's my body. I was born with this body. I am the, have the, the central mind that controls this body. Therefore, it belongs to me to do with whatever I please. So it even goes to such perversions to say, listen, if I have relations with an opposite sex and I have a baby growing inside of my belly, my body. And if I say I don't want that baby, then it's up to me to say, yes, I can keep that baby or I can kill that baby because it's my body. And that's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous train to follow because it's not your body. It's not my body. This body was given to us for God's purposes. And when a life is growing inside of a womb, that is clearly not your body. <laughs> but we are so apt to think pridefully towards the things that God has allowed us to manage that we start doing some really heinous, perverted things with those things. I mean, if, you, if we really knew how people treated their life and their money and their possessions and their body versus how God intended them to use it, we would understand sin right there. Other things we can misuse is my family. It's my family. I'm going to steer it any way that I think is best. I'm going to do with my family as I please. These children are mine. I'm going to make sure that they're set up for success. And it's wrong. It's wrong. They're not your family. First and foremost, my children belong to God. I am a manager of my children while I'm on the earth, but their souls do not belong to me. Neither does my church. I can't say my church in full honesty. It's Christ's church. I have to steer this church wherever I believe Christ wants me to steer it. Here's another one. My will, my will, my desires that saturates our culture here in America. It's all about my will and my desires. I want me to be happy. I want my desires satisfied. But when Jesus taught us to pray, do you remember how he taught us to pray? He says, when you pray, say this, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He immediately changes your perspective from my will to God's will. And when we think like God and we live humbly and we do and manage our lives the way God has intended us to do. God considers that humility. That is placing yourself in the proper position under God. And by doing so, according to passages like Matthew 23, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The way you go high in the kingdom of God is by going low on the earth. By seeing thing, everything in its proper perspective. But if we start to think like Lucifer and say, you know what? I want to be treated better. I want more glory. I want better things. I want more success. I'm going to try to go as high as I can. We're actually going to find ourselves going the opposite direction. Because Lucifer tried that. 
And now he's trying to seek to get us to do that as well. And that's where we have to steer this off and say, this is wrong. This is not how God created me to be. He did not create me to put my and mine in front of everything. It's all God's. This is his life. This is his money. These are his possessions. This is his body. This is his family that I have. And I should seek and strive after his will. And by doing so, here's the interesting thing and ironic thing. You gain. Your eternal soul gets richer and better and more secure and more joy and more glory because those things are good. Those things, when they're handed out properly, are good things. The problem is, is when we try to get them an improper way, like Lucifer did. He tried to get glory and exaltation improperly. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm an angel. I'm a minister of God. I do with whatever God does um, as he pleases. But no, he wanted to go higher. He wanted to be treated like God, and, and therefore he actually fell. And many other angels fell with him because they followed his pattern. So the question for us today is, how are we living? Are we living for pride? Do we think of this as our life? Do we, you know, put ownership over everything that God has given us and say, it's mine. Yeah, I'll try to give God some of it. You know, we have this 10% thing that we kind of use with our tithe going, yeah, okay. I'll give God 10% of my money, but 90% of it is mine to do with it as I please. And 10% of my life, 10% of my possessions, 10% of my body, I'll yield it up to God. And in that way, I'm a servant. And the scripture says, no, no, all of you. All of you, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And remember what Jesus did. Jesus went low. Jesus submitted himself to the will of God. Jesus humbled himself to such a degree that he served men and then died for men. And where is Jesus now? That is a really good thing for us to consider. He's in heaven. He's on his throne. He is highly exalted. He is waiting for his enemies to become a footstool for his feet. And now he tells all his followers, follow my pattern. Don't follow Lucifer's pattern. Lucifer is wrong. Pride is the wrong way to go up. Humble yourself and you will become exalted. And when you receive glory and receive honor and receive an inheritance one day, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be good because it's coming from God in his perfect timely way of handing it out. And I hope that encourages you today to seek after the will of God through Christ Jesus and say, you know what? The world's going to live their way. I'm going to live Christ's way because I believe that God's system is best. God has placed me here to serve his will and his purposes, and they are the best thing for him and they're the best thing for my soul as well. And I hope that encourages you today. Let's live humbly upon this earth. Let's serve the Lord with whatever he's given us in every aspect. And one day, it's God's promises, we will be exalted. Blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.